Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. FatwaOnline.com presents Fatawa Ramadan. This tape is a recording of important legal rulings concerning fasting in the month of Ramadan based on the book entitled Fatawa Ramadan Fisiyami Wal Qiyami Wal I'tikafi Wa Zakat Al Fitr or important legal rulings concerning fasting and standing the nights in prayer and I'tikaf and Zakat Al Fitr. All of the fatawa or legal rulings were compiled by Abu Muhammad Ashraf ibn al-Maqsud from legal rulings given by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Abdullah Abu Butin, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim Ali Shaykh, Abdurrahman al-Sa'di, Shaykh ibn Baz, Shaykh ibn Luthaymin, Shaykh ibn Fawzan, Shaykh ibn Jibreen, and the Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawa. Insha'Allah, all the proceeds from this series of tapes will go to invitationtoislam.com. And finally, we would like to take this opportunity to thank Abu Saleh, Muhammad Yusuf of IbniRajab.com for his relentless support and patience. Indeed, his reward is with Allah, the Mighty and the Majestic. We pray that Allah makes this tape a benefit for all those who hear it and that he makes his humble effort purely for his face and accepts it. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله تعالى نحمده ونستعين به ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أستقى الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار All the praise is due to Allah. We praise Him and seek His help and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah Most High from the evils of our own selves and from our wicked deeds. Whomsoever has been guided by Allah, none can misguide Him. And whomsoever has been misguided by Allah, none can guide Him. And I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of being worshipped except Allah alone, without partner or associate. And I further bear witness that Muhammad is his true worshipper and messenger. May Allah, the exalted, bestow his peace and blessings on the final prophet Muhammad, upon his good and pure family, and upon all of his noble companions. O you who believe, fear Allah by doing all that he ordered 
and abstaining from all that he forbade, as he should be feared, and die not except in a state of Islam, as Muslims with complete submission to Allah. O mankind, be dutiful to your Lord who created you from a single soul, and from it created its mate, and from them both scattered many men and women. And fear Allah through whom you demand your mutual rights, and do not cut the relations of the wombs. Surely Allah is ever watcher over you. O you who believe, keep your duty to Allah and speak always the truth. He will direct you to do good deeds and will forgive you your sins. And whosoever obeys Allah and his messenger, he verily has got a great success. To proceed, know then that the most truthful of speech is that of Allah's book, the Qur'an, and that the best of guidance is that of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And the worst of evils are the novel, foreign to the true teachings of Islam. And every novel matter is a bid'ah, and every bid'ah is a going astray, and every going astray is in the fire of hell. Shaykh Ibn Baz was asked, What words of guidance do you have for the Muslim Ummah on the occasion of the month of Ramadan? The Shaykh responded, In the name of Allah, all praise is for Allah alone. And may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet ﷺ and upon his family and his companions and whoever is guided by his guidance to proceed. Certainly concerning the approach of the blessed month of Ramadan, I advise my Muslim brothers everywhere to have taqwa of Allah, the mighty and the majestic, and to strive to do good deeds and to give sincere advice and be patient with the advice and to assist one another in good deeds and piety, to be cautious of all the sins Allah has forbidden, wherever one may be, especially during this noble month. For indeed, it is a great and precious month within which the reward for good actions is multiplied. Mistakes and sins are forgiven during this month for those who fast and perform voluntary prayers with sincere faith and hoping to attain Allah's rewards. The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever fasts during the month of Ramadan out of sincere faith and hoping to attain Allah's rewards, then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. The Prophet ﷺ also said, When the month of Ramadan starts, the gates of heaven are opened and the gates of hell are closed and the devils are chained. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Fasting is a shield or protection from the fire and from committing sins. If one of you is fasting, he should avoid sexual relations with his wife and quarreling. And if somebody should fight or quarrel with him, he should say, I am fasting. Also, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith Qudsi, All the deeds of the son of Adam are for himself. A good deed is equal to ten times its equivalent except fasting, for certainly it is for me, and I will give the reward for it. He left his desires, his food, and his drink for my sake. There are two pleasures for the fasting person, one at the time of breaking his fast, and the other at the time when he will meet his Lord. The unpleasant smell coming from the mouth of a fasting person is more pleasant to Allah than the smell of musk. And the Prophet ﷺ used to announce the good news of the arrival of the month of Ramadan to his companions. And he would say to them, 
the month of Ramadan has come to you. It is the month of blessings. During this month, Allah sends down mercy. One's mistakes are forgiven. Supplications are answered. And Allah praises you in the presence of His angels. So show Allah your virtues. For certainly, the unfortunate individual is he who is prohibited from the mercy of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ also said, One who does not abandon evil talk and actions, then Allah is not in need of him abandoning his food and drink. And there are other narrations regarding the superiority of Ramadan and striving to increase good deeds. Therefore, I advise my Muslim brethren to be sincere and upright during the days and the nights and to compete in doing all good deeds. And from amongst these good deeds are to increase in reading the Noble Qur'an with understanding and contemplation and to increase in glorifying Allah by saying at-tasbih or subhanallah and by saying at-tahmeed, alhamdulillah and by saying at-tahleel or la ilaha illallah and by saying at-takbir, Allahu Akbar and seeking the forgiveness of Allah by saying astaghfirullah and to ask Allah for paradise seeking his protection from the hellfire and all other good supplications I also advise my Muslim brethren to increase in giving charity during this month to comfort the poor and destitute to make every effort to deduct the zakah from one's wealth and distribute it amongst the deserving and to make every effort in inviting to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and teaching those unacquainted with Islam and to command the good and forbid the evil, gentleness, wisdom, and the best of manners, and to warn against evil and adhere to seeking sincere repentance according to the statement of Allah. And all of you beg Allah to forgive you, O believers, that you may be successful. Surah to nur verse number 31. Allah the Most High also says, Verily those who say our Lord is only Allah, and thereafter istaqamu, or stood firm, on them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. Such shall be the dwellers of paradise, abiding therein forever, a reward for what they used to do. Surah Al-Ahqaf, verses 13 and 14. May Allah grant everyone success in that which pleases Him, and protect everyone from the temptations which misguide and all satanic enticement, for certainly Allah is generous and kind. Sheikh Ibn Sa'adi was asked, What is the ruling and wisdom behind fasting? The Sheikh responded, With Allah lies all success. As for the wisdom behind the legislation of fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said regarding this, O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those that came before you, that you may achieve taqwa or piety. This verse encompasses everything that the scholars have mentioned with regard to the wisdom behind fasting. Because taqwa, or piety, is a comprehensive word for everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with, from desirable actions and abandoning prohibitions. So fasting is the greatest way, or the best way, to reach the goal, the goal of taqwa, through which the worshiper of Allah attains happiness in this worldly life, and in the hereafter. The fasting person seeks closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by avoiding all desires and giving love of Allah precedence over love of self. And it is for this reason 
that Allah chose fasting from amongst all of the other actions and attributed it to himself, saying all of the deeds of the son of Adam are for himself. A good deed is equal to ten times its equivalent, except for fasting, for certainly it is for me. Al-Hadith. And fasting is from the fundamental principles of piety and righteousness, since the religion of Islam is not complete without it. And fasting increases iman and teaches us patience by training the self to endure hardships that bring us closer to the Lord of the heavens. Fasting also brings about an increase in good deeds such as prayer, reciting the Qur'an, dhikr, and charity, all of which help us to actualize piety and righteousness. And in fasting is the prevention of the self from all prohibited things, from both speech and action, which is the pillar of taqwa. In an authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever does not abandon false speech and acting upon it, then Allah is in no need of his abandoning his food and drink. Al-Hadith. So the servant seeks closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through avoiding prohibitions altogether. And they are false speech, which includes every kind of haram or prohibited speech, and false actions, which includes every kind of haram and prohibited action. And of course, leaving off every haram thing that nullifies the fast. Therefore, since fasting contains so many benefits and rewards, and in it is the attainment of so much good and reward, it was prescribed by Allah in all time periods. Just as Allah, the Most High, has informed us in the Qur'an that it was prescribed for us as it was prescribed for those before us. And this is how Allah has legislated all of His laws that have universal advantages. As for the legal ruling concerning fasting, then some fasts are wajib or obligatory, and some fasts are haram or prohibited, and some fasts are sunnah or recommended, and some fasts are disliked, and some fasts are permissible. And their rulings differ according to the differing reasons for performing the fast. As for obligatory fasting, that includes fasting in the month of Ramadan, which is obligatory upon every Muslim who has reached the age of maturity and is able to fast. Obligatory fasts also include the fast that someone has vowed to do, as well as the fasts of expiation that become wajib or obligatory after committing an act that necessitates that. As for the prohibited fast, this includes fasting the days of Eid and fasting the days of At-Tashriq, which are the 11th, 12th, and 13th of Dhul-Hijjah, except for the person who is doing Hajj at Tamattu' or Kiran and is unable to sacrifice, provided that they did not fast Yawm al-Nahr or the Day of Sacrifice. It is also prohibited for the menstruating woman, as well as the woman experiencing postnatal bleeding, to fast. And it is likewise prohibited for the sick person to fast if he fears that he may die as a result of fasting. And it is haram for a pregnant woman to fast if the baby in her womb is in real jeopardy. As for sunnah or recommended fasting, these are any supererogatory fasts such as those that have been specifically mentioned like fasting Mondays and Thursdays or any other voluntary fasting that has not been specifically mentioned. As for disliked fasting, 
This is the fasting of the sick person who experiences hardship as a result of fasting. And as for permissible or ja'is fasting, it is the fasting of a traveler. It is permissible for him to fast or not. Particularly if he traveled in a day in which he began fasting before traveling. Sheikh Ibn al-Athaymin was asked, What is the status and significance of fasting as a form of worship in Islam, especially during the month of Ramadan? The Sheikh responded, The status of fasting in Islam is that it is one of the great important pillars of Islam without which one's religion is incomplete. And as for the significance of fasting in Islam, then it has been authentically narrated upon the Prophet ﷺ that he said, Whoever fasts during the month of Ramadan out of sincere faith and hoping to attain Allah's rewards, then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, Does fasting have any social benefits? The Shaykh responded, Yes, fasting has social benefits. From them is the feeling people have that they are one nation eating at one time and fasting at one time. Also the wealthy one is aware of Allah's blessings and feels sympathetic to the poor. Additionally, fasting lessens shaitan's treachery to the son of Adam, and in fasting there is piety of Allah, and piety of Allah strengthens the bond between the individuals of the community. Shaykh Ibn Fawzan was asked, Some people hold banquets and give invitations in Ramadan, making it a month of occasions. Others slaughter and distribute the meat in charity and make other types of effort with food. What is the ruling regarding this? The Shaykh answered, Yes, offering food in Ramadan has extra virtue due to the nobility of the time and the need that the fasting people have for food. The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever feeds a fasting person will have a reward like that of his reward, i.e. of the fasting person. So preparing food in this month for the needy is from the best of actions because the reward for giving charity in the month of Ramadan is multiplied more than in other months. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatals asked, When a Muslim fasts, is he able to overcome his needs and desires? And how is that? Also, how does the Muslim view the world in its reality? The Permanent Committee responded, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made fasting obligatory for the benefit of the worshippers in order to purify their souls. So fasting entails refraining from food and drink and all of the other things that nullify the fast. And this disciplines the soul against giving in to one's desires and assists the soul to overcome one's evil desires during fasting and cultivates it in adopting noble manners. So when the knowledge of the worshipper of his religion is strengthened and that which Allah has prepared in the hereafter for the faithful worshippers and holding steadfast to his religion then he has understood the insignificance of this world and its status with Allah and that it is not even equivalent to the weight of a mosquito's wing. This has been mentioned in a hadith narrated by At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. Therefore, importance is given to those who live in obedience to Allah and take this as a means to achieve good for the hereafter. And with Allah lies all success and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and upon his family and all of his noble companions.
The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatahs asked, Some of those who give sermons in the masajid in this region mention in their sermons a hadith narrated by Salman in which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, addressed the people on the last day of Sha'ban. And so on the hadith continues. Some brothers objected to this hadith and announced to the people that the hadith of Salman is fabricated and also the hadith Whoever satisfied the needs of a fasting person, then Allah will quench his thirst by giving him a drink from my pond, such that he will not feel thirsty thereafter until he enters paradise. And also the hadith, Whoever eases the burden of his slave, then Allah forgives him and releases him from the hellfire. Then the brother said, Indeed these words are a lie attributed to the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and whoever attributes a lie to the messenger will find his seat in the hellfire. And so on the hadith continues. I am hopeful of a fatwa from your excellency regarding the authenticity of this brother's statement, whether it is correct or incorrect, and may Allah protect and preserve you. The permanent committee responded, Ibn Khuzayma, rahimahullah, has reported the narration of Salman in his collection of authentic prophetic narrations. He said in his book, chapter regarding the merits of the month of Ramadan, if the report is true. After that he said, Ali ibn Hajar al-Sa'di informed us that Yusuf ibn Ziyad informed us that Hammam ibn Yahya informed us on behalf of Ali ibn Zayd ibn Jad'an who reported on behalf of Sa'id ibn Musayyib who reported on behalf of Salman who said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke to us on the last day of Sha'ban and said, O people, a great month has overshadowed you, a blessed month a month that has in it a night that is better than a thousand months. Allah has made fasting in it obligatory, and its night prayers voluntary. In it, whoever does an act, however small, is like a person who has performed an obligatory act during any other month. Furthermore, whoever performs an obligatory act is like a person who has performed seventy obligatory acts during any other month. It is a month of patience, and the reward of patience is paradise. A month of merit in which the blessings of a believer increase. In it, whoever feeds a person who has fasted will have his sins forgiven and freedom from the hellfire. He will get a reward similar to the reward of the person who has fasted and it will not reduce the reward of the person who has fasted. They said, not all of us get a chance to feed a person who has fasted. He said, Allah will give this reward to whoever feeds a person who has fasted, even if he feeds him a date or a drink of water, or a mixture of milk and water. It is a month, the beginning of which is mercy, the middle of which is forgiveness, and the end of which is freedom from the fire. Whoever comforts a slave, Allah will forgive him and free him from the fire. Therefore increase in it four points. Two points will make your Lord pleased with you, and two points you cannot do without. As for the two points which will make your Lord pleased with you, the declaration that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah and to seek His forgiveness. As for the two points you cannot do without, it is to ask Allah for paradise and seek His protection from the fire. Whoever satisfies the appetite of a person who has fasted, Allah will quench his thirst by giving him a drink from my pond. After that, the individual will not feel thirsty until he enters paradise. Al-Hadith. In the chain of narrators for this hadith, Ali ibn Zayd ibn Jad'an is considered weak. 
The chain of narrators for this hadith also contains Yusuf ibn Ziyad al-Basri and he was disclaimed from narrations. In addition, the chain of narrators contains Hamam ibn Yahya ibn Dinar al-Audi and al-Hafid ibn Hajar mentioned in his book that he is trustworthy but may make mistakes. Based on this, the narration with this chain of narration is not a lie but it is weak. In addition, the narrations on the merit of the month are many, established, and authentic. And with Allah lies all success. And may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and upon his family and all of his noble companions. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, A girl reached the age of 12 or 13 years and the blessed month of Ramadan passed without her having fasted. Is there any sin upon her or her family? Is it upon her to fast? And if she doesn't, is she sinning? The permanent committee responded, The girl becomes Islamically bound to fast with the following conditions, Islam, sanity, and puberty. Puberty is attained either by menstruation, or if she notices discharge as a result of sexual desire, or having a wet dream if she saw the discharge or the growth of thick hair around the front of her private part, or by reaching the age of 15 years. So if the girl fulfilled the conditions of being legally bound by Islam, fasting is obligatory upon her, and it is a must that she makes up the fasts that she did not perform after reaching the age of maturity. And if any one of these conditions are not fulfilled, then she is not required to fast. And Allah is the one who grants success and may Allah's peace and blessings be upon Muhammad, his family, and all of his companions. Sheikh Ibn Baz was asked, What is the ruling regarding a Muslim who neglected to fast without a permissible excuse for a number of years? He was, however, fulfilling the other obligations upon him. Does he therefore have to make up for these fasts or seek to expiate them? How would he make up these months if he had to? The Sheikh responded, the legal ruling regarding any person, male or female, who neglected to fast the month of Ramadan while it was obligatory for him to fast, is that he has disobeyed Allah and his messenger and has fallen into a major sin. It is upon him to repent to Allah and make up all the fasts that he missed. He must also feed a poor person for each day he missed if he is able to do so. If he is a poor person and cannot feed them, then it is enough for him to make up the days along with repentance. This is because fasting in Ramadan is a great obligation. Allah ordained it upon the Muslims, and the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, has mentioned that it is one of the five pillars of Islam. If he denies the obligation of fasting Ramadan, then he is by that a disbeliever, belying Allah and his Messenger. He must be asked to repent by those in authority through the Islamic courts. If he does not repent, it is obligatory to kill him due to his apostasy and due to the saying of the Messenger wasallam, reported by Imam al-Bukhari, then whoever changes his religion from Islam, then kill him. However, if he did not fast due to illness or because he was traveling, then there is no sin upon him. However, it is obligatory for him to make up these fasts once he is recovered from his illness or returned from his travel due to Allah's saying in the Qur'an, 
and he who was ill or on a journey, then prescribed period should be made up by days later. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 185. Shaykh Ibn al was asked, Is a person who leaves off fasting due to laziness, like the one that leaves off prayer in respect that he is a disbeliever? The Shaykh responded, The one that leaves off fasting out of heedlessness and laziness is not a disbeliever. That is because the basic rule is that a person remains upon his Islam until sufficient proof shows that he is outside of Islam. Here, there is no proof that the person that leaves off fasting is outside the fold of Islam if he left it due to laziness and heedlessness. This is not the same as prayer, however, because the texts from the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger and the sayings of the companions all show that the person that leaves off praying through heedlessness and laziness is a disbeliever. Abdullah ibn Shaqiq said, the companions of the Messenger of Allah didn't consider as disbelief the leaving off of any actions except prayer. Therefore, it is obligatory to call this person who is neglecting to fast due to laziness and heedlessness to fast. If he refuses, he should be banished until he fasts. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, What is the method by which the beginning of the lunar month is established? The Permanent Committee responded, Authentic ahadith narrated upon the authority of the Prophet ﷺ indicate that whenever one trustworthy person sees the new moon after the 30th night of Sha'ban, i.e. the evening following the 29th day, or a number of trustworthy people see it on the 30th night of Ramadan, i.e. the evening following the 29th day, then this sighting is assumed. And by this, the beginning of the month is known without the need to take into account the length of time the new moon is visible after the setting of the sun, whether it is 20 minutes or more or less, since there are no authentic ahadith that indicate a specific time limit for the new moon to disappear after the sunset. And with Allah lies all success and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and upon his family and all of his noble companions. Shaykh ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, How is the beginning of the month of Ramadan established? The Shaykh responded, The beginning of the month of Ramadan is established either by the new moon being sighted or by the passing of 30 days of the month of Sha'ban. This is based on the statement of the Prophet wasallam. And if you see it, the new moon of Ramadan, then fast. And if you see it, the new moon of Shawwal, then break your fast. And if the clouds block your view, then complete the number of days of Sha'ban, 30 days. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, Are all the Muslims sinful if none of them tried to look out for the new moon of the beginning and ending of Ramadan? The Shaykh responded, Trying to sight the new moon, whether it is the new moon of Ramadan or Shawwal, was a well-known issue during the time of the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum jami'ah. This is based on the statement of Ibn Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, who said, The people were looking for the new moon, so I informed the Prophet wasallam that I had seen it, and he ordered the people to fast according to it. And there is no doubt that the way of the companions is more perfect and complete. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, 
Is it permissible for a Muslim to rely upon astronomical calculations in order to establish the beginning and ending of fasting? Or is it a must that the new moon is sighted? The permanent committee responded, The Islamic Sharia is a merciful legislation and is general or all-encompassing. Its rulings are appropriate to all of man and jinn upon their differing status, whether they be scholars or illiterate, city people or villagers. And for this reason, Allah made easy for them the way to establish the timings of different forms of worship. He made signs showing their beginning and end times that all these people can participate in establishing. He made, for example, the setting of the sun as a sign for the beginning time of Maghrib prayer and for the ending time of Asr prayer. He made the setting of the red horizon a sign for the beginning time of Risha prayer. And he made the sighting of the new moon after it had been hidden at the end of the previous month as a sign for the beginning of the new lunar month and for the end of the previous month. And he did not burden us to establish the beginning of the lunar month by means that only a few people know such as knowledge of the stars and the science of astronomy. In this manner, the Qur'an and the Sunnah made the sighting of the new moon as a sign for the Muslims to begin fasting in the month of Ramadan, as was the sighting of the new moon of Shawwal, a sign to stop fasting. The situation is also the same when establishing the Eid of sacrifice and the day of Arafah. Allah Azza wa Jal said, So he who from amongst you should witness the month should fast it. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 185. And Allah Azza wa Jal said, They ask you about the new moons. Say these are signs to mark fixed periods of time for mankind and for the pilgrimage. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 189. And the Prophet sallallahu said, When you see the new moon, then start to fast. And when you see it again, break your fast. And if your vision was impaired due to clouds or mist, complete the period of 30 days. Al-Hadith. So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, ordained that fasting start by affirming the sighting of the new moon of Ramadan and the end of the month of fasting be by affirmation of the new moon of Shawwal. The Prophet وسلم, did not link any of that to astronomical calculations nor to the movement of the stars and the people acted upon this in the time of our Prophet and in the time of the righteous Khalifas the four Imams and the three generations that the Prophet bore witness to with virtue and goodness so going back to the science of astronomy to affirm the lunar months and beginning and ending forms of worship without actual sighting is an innovation that has no good in it and has no basis in the Sharia. And the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is holding fast to that which the Prophet ﷺ and the righteous predecessors were upon by affirming the beginning and the end of the month of Ramadan, the Eids and the times of Hajj and their like with the sighting of the moon. And all good is in following the predecessors in religious matters and all evil is in the innovations that were introduced into the religion. May Allah protect us and all the Muslims from all trials, open or hidden. And with Allah lies all success. And may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and upon his family and upon all of his noble companions.
The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, What is the ruling regarding those who do not fast at the sighting of the crescent of Ramadan once seen until they see it for themselves? Using as proof for this the hadith that says, Fast when you see it, i.e. the new moon of Ramadan, and stop fasting when you see it, i.e. the new moon of Shawwal. Is it correct for them to use this hadith as a proof? The Permanent Committee responded, Fasting becomes obligatory once the sighting of the crescent is established, even if only one trustworthy witness from amongst the Muslims affirmed the sighting of the new moon. This is so because the Prophet ﷺ ordered fasting when the Bedouin Arab bore witness to the sighting of the crescent. As for using the hadith, fast when you see it, as a proof that any individual does not fast until he sees the crescent for himself, then this is incorrect. This is because the hadith is a general address for fasting once the sighting is established, even if that sighting was done by only one trustworthy person from amongst the Muslims. And with Allah lies all success. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon our Prophet Muhammad, upon his family, and all of his companions. Shaykh Ibn Jibreen was asked, If the Muslims saw the new moon of Ramadan in one country, would it be upon the Muslims in other countries to fast as well? The Shaykh responded, We do not doubt the different settings of the moon and the difference between two countries in sighting the moon. For this reason, many scholars held that every country should have their own sighting if there was between them an actual difference of settings. Their proof was the story of Quraith, the servant of Ibn Abbas. When Ramadan started while he was in Sham, the area known today as Syria, Jordan, and Palestine, the people of Sham started fasting on Friday. The new moon, however, was not seen in Medina until Friday night. Quraid told Ibn Abbas that Muawiyah and the people of Sham fasted on Friday. Ibn Abbas said, but we shall continue fasting until we see the moon showing the end of the month, or until we complete 30 days. That is what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, ordered us to do. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah strengthened the position that it was obligatory upon the people in the country that saw the moon to fast, as well as those countries in front of them. He established that whenever the moon was seen in a country, it was for sure to be seen in the countries that came after that country on the map, because its setting is delayed to after that of the sun, and whenever it is delayed, it increases in distance away from the sun and in clarity and manifestation. So if it was seen in Bahrain, for example, it would obligate fasting upon those countries which come after it, like Nejd, the Hijaz, which includes Mecca, Medina, and Jeddah, Egypt, and Morocco. It would not obligate fasting for those countries before it, however, like Sindh and, Hind and India, and those further beyond the sea. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research in Fatawa was asked, How does a person make the intention to fast in Ramadan? Is simply knowledge of the start of Ramadan sufficient to fast the rest of the days? The Permanent Committee responded, the intention takes the form of a determination and a resolve to fast, and it is imperative to determine the intention to fast in Ramadan during the night and every night. And with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the success, and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad, upon his family, and all of his companions. Sheikh Ibn Fawzan was asked, Sometimes I fast without making an intention when starting the fast. 
says making the intention every day a condition for fasting or is it sufficient to make one intention at the start of the month? The Shaykh responded, Fasting, as well as other acts of worship, are those things which must be preceded by intention. The Prophet ﷺ said, Verily actions are but by intentions, and for everyone is what he intended. And in another narration, there is no act except with intention. So, for fasting Ramadan, it is obligatory to make the intention during the night, sometime before the arrival of Fajr, of the day that one intends to fast. A Muslim's rising from sleep in the last part of the night and eating the pre-dawn meal, suhoor, is an indication of the presence of the intention. It is not required that a person utter the intention by the tongue by saying, I intend to fast. This is an innovation and it is not permissible. The intention in Ramadan is to be done for every day of the fast because each day is a separate act of worship requiring its intention. So the intention for the fast is to be made in the heart for every day of fasting during the night before. If someone makes the intention during the night, then sleeps and does not wake up until after the time of Fajr has entered, then his fast is valid due to the presence of the intention from the night. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, Is a firm intention to break the fast without actually eating or drinking break the fast? The Shaykh responded, It is well known that fasting is a combination of both the intention and leaving all the things that nullify the fast. A person's intention when fasting is to bring himself closer to Allah by leaving all the things that will break the fast. So if a person has made a firm decision to break his fast, then the fast is broken. However, if this is in the month of Ramadan, then it is obligatory upon him to refrain from eating until sunset. This is because anyone who breaks the fast in Ramadan without a valid reason has to refrain from eating the rest of the day, and it is also upon him to make up for this day by fasting that which he has missed once Ramadan has passed. However, if he is not firm in his decision and hesitates, then the scholars have differed in opinion about this. Some have said that the fast is nullified because hesitation is contradictory to a firm decision, and others have said that the fast is still valid because the original state is the presence of an intention to fast until a firm decision is made to break and cancel it. Sheikh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, I made the intention to fast for 60 days as expiation and postponed it until the winter. So what if I die before the winter? The Sheikh responded, If fasting out of expiation is made obligatory upon a person, then it is obligatory to make haste in doing so, as that which is obligatory must be carried out as soon as possible. However, if it is difficult for him to fast the expiation during the summer days, because of the long days and the severe heat, then there is no harm if he were to delay this until the colder days. If he were to die before doing so, then there is no sin upon him because he delayed the fasting for a valid Islamic reason. However, those fasts need to be made up as much as possible, and if no one fasts on his behalf, then a needy person must be fed for every day that remains to be fasted. Sheikh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, I intended to fast every Monday and Thursday, but did not vow to do this. So is it obligatory upon me to fast these two days of the week all my life? For example, if I fasted on a Thursday and then broke my fast in the middle of the day, is it obligatory upon me to make up for this day? The Shaykh responded, An act does not become incumbent 
just by having made an intention to do it. So if a person intended to fast every Monday and Thursday, but then did not fast them, then there is no harm in this. Likewise, if someone starts to fast and then breaks it, there is no harm in this. This is because it is not obligatory upon a person to complete a voluntary fast, even if a person intended to give money in charity and decided where and how much to give, then it is still not binding upon him to donate as he had intended, because in matters like these, mere intention does not make the act obligatory. Based upon this, we would say to the questioner that it is not obligatory upon you to make up the fast that you broke on Thursday, and also it is not obligatory upon you to continue to fast every Monday and Thursday. However, if you were to do so, then it is good, since the fast of both Monday and Thursday is from the Sunnah. Sheikh Ibn al-Uthaymin was asked, In Saudi Arabia, the canons indicate the beginning and ending of Ramadan. So earlier this evening, we heard the canon more than once, and we doubted whether it was Eid or Ramadan. So we waited until we heard something from the Imam before Fajr, but we didn't hear anything. So what is the ruling regarding hesitancy towards whether to fast or not? The Sheikh responded, It is obligatory upon a person to make verification. And the basic rule is that things remain as they were. If it was something else, it would have been openly clear, so that the people would know, and hence not eat suhoor nor fast. In any case, this day is considered as a day of Ramadan, and if the ending of the month was established, the matter would have been clear. So based upon this, it is obligatory upon the person to fast in such a situation without hesitancy. Because the basic rule in this case is that Ramadan remains. However, if it becomes clear later on that it was actually the day of Eid, he should then break his fast. Sheikh Ibn Fawzan was asked, On the first night of Ramadan, preceding the first day of Ramadan, a person went to sleep before knowing that the next day will be the first day of fasting. So when he woke up and went for the Fajr prayer, he asked one of the Muslims who happened to be the last one left in the masjid, but he did not know. So this man continued as he was and did not eat nor drink anything. When he reached work, he found that the people were fasting and so only then found out for definite about the fasting. So based on this, he continued in this state and fasted until the evening. Was his fast correct on that day or does he have to make it up? We request you to give us a fatwa and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you much good. The Shaykh responded, One who does not know about the arrival of Ramadan except during the first day, then it is obligatory for him to refrain from all that breaks the fast, from food and drink, etc., for the rest of the day, and then make up that day, because he did not make the intention to fast the previous night. That is because it is mentioned in many ahadith, that there is no fast for the one who did not make intention during the previous night for the obligatory fast of the next day. So in the case of this person, some of the day had passed while he did not make intention to fast. So therefore, it is obligatory for him to make up the fast of that day. Sheikh Ibn Jibreen was asked, Is it a must for one who is fasting that when he makes the intention to fast in Ramadan, that he specify that it is an obligatory fast. The Sheikh responded, It is enough for him to make the intention that it is the fast of Ramadan, and not to say, I have made the intention that it is an obligatory fast, since it is understood that the fast of Ramadan is obligatory.
Shaykh Ibn Jibreen was asked, What is the ruling regarding making the intention vocally, such as when some people make the intention to fast by saying, Oh Allah, I have made the intention to fast. The Shaykh responded, The place of the intention is in the heart, and it is not permissible to vocally make the intention either for the prayer or for the fast, or for purification, or other than these. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatahs asked, When does it become obligatory for the child to fast, and what is the age limit? The Permanent Committee responded, A child is ordered to pray when he reaches the age of seven, and beat them to do so at the age of ten, and it becomes obligatory upon him when he reaches puberty. Puberty is determined by one of four things. Ejaculation due to sexual arousal, appearance of pubic hair around the private parts, having wet dreams if ejaculation occurs, or reaching the age of 15 years. And in the case of a female, if she has her menses. The source of the aforementioned is what Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawood have related on the authority of the Prophet ﷺ. Order your children to pray at seven and beat them to pray at ten and separate them from each other in the bed. Also, in an authentic hadith narrated by Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, who said that the Prophet ﷺ said, the pen has been lifted for three individuals, the sleeper until he awakens, the young child until he reaches puberty, and the mentally ill until he comprehends. And with Allah lies all success, and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, upon his family and all of his companions. Shaykh Ibn Baz was asked, A person went to sleep before the sahur, i.e. the pre-dawn meal, in Ramadan, whilst having the intention to take the sahur. But he slept through till the morning. Is his fast correct or not? The shaykh responded, His fast is correct because sahur, i.e. the pre-dawn meal, is not a condition for the correctness of the fast. Rather, it is only preferable to eat sahur. Because of an authentic hadith related by both Al-Imam Bukhari and Al-Imam Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ said, Take sahur, for certainly in it is blessing. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymin was asked, What is the ruling of the fast of one who at times is sane and at times is not, or is sane at times and senile at another? The Shaykh responded, The legal ruling here revolves around the state of his mental health at the time. So at the times he is awake and sane, then he must fast. And at the times... He is unconscious or insane or senile. He is not required to fast. Let us assume he is senile one day and sane the next. Then on the day that he is senile, he is not required to fast. While on the day that he is sane, he is required to fast. Shaykh Ibn Jibreen was asked, Which food items are preferred for the fasting person to break his fast with? The Shaykh responded, it is preferable to break the fast with fresh dates. However, if they are unavailable, then with dry dates. And if they are also unavailable, then with water. And the evidence for this is the hadith of Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha, who said that the Prophet used to break his fast with fresh dates. And if they were unavailable, then with dry dates. And if they were unavailable, then he used to take water. However, 
If none of these are available to him, then it is permissible for him to break his fast with any permissible food items. And still, if nothing is available to him, then he should simply make the intention to break the fast. Sheikh Ibn Jabin was asked, Is there any reward for breaking the fast with the food items that were previously mentioned as preferable? The Sheikh responded, If a person broke his fast with these preferable food items, with the intention of following the example of the Prophet ﷺ, then for him is the reward of following him. Even if he followed the sunnah in mubah matters, or those matters where there is no reward, nor any sin attached to the particular action, if he were to follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ in these matters, then he would be rewarded for that action. Because of this, the scholars say, certainly with good intention, good habits become acts of worship. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatah was asked, if a person is fasting during Ramadan and is traveling to another country and he does not have anything except water, what does he do? The committee responded, if a person is fasting and the sun sets and he does not find anything to break his fast with except water, then he should break his fast with the water because breaking the fast with fresh or dried dates is preferable but not obligatory. And with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a success and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad and upon his family and all of his companions. The permanent committee for Islamic research and Vatals asked, My father is approximately 70 years of age and for three years now he has been afflicted with sickness that I hope from Allah is a mercy from him and an expiation for his sins. This sickness has caused him to be incapable of fasting, so much so that if he fasts, his hearing, seeing and self deteriorate. So he is incapable of fasting Ramadan. So please inform us of what is required. The permanent committee responded, If the condition of your father is as you have stated, then the fasting of Ramadan is not obligatory upon him. Rather, it is obligatory upon him to feed the poor in place of each day of Ramadan half a sa'a of wheat, dates, rice, or the like of that which he feeds his family. This is based upon the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, So fear Allah as much as you can. Surah Al-Taqabun, verse number 16. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, Allah does not burden a soul with that which is greater than it can bear. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 286. And with Allah lies all success. And may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, upon his family and all of his noble companions. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawa was asked, If I wanted to fast but was unable to wake up before the Adhan of Salat al-Fajr, is it permissible for me to eat after the Adhan knowing that this is a supererogatory fast. The committee responded, If the situation is as you have stated, then do not eat or drink after the Adhan of Salat al-Fajr, so long as you wish to fast. Even if your fast is a supererogatory one, if you were to eat after this Adhan of Salat al-Fajr, your fast would become nullified. Sheikh Ibn Jibreen was asked, In Ramadan, if the time for Salat al-Fajr is approaching and I need to make ghusl but there is not enough time to perform it nor eat the sahur, 
Should I perform the ghusl and miss the sahur or should I eat the sahur and delay the ghusl until after Salat al-Fajr? The shaykh responded, It is better to eat sahur or the pre-dawn meal because the Prophet ﷺ said, Eat the pre-dawn meal for in it is blessing. Al-Hadith. And it is better to delay the ghusl because its time is plenty. So if fajr has arrived and you have not made ghusl, then make it and pray, and your fast will not be affected. That is because it has been confirmed in an authentic hadith narrated by both Al-Imam Bukhari and Al-Imam Muslim on the authority of Aisha and Umm Salima radiallahu ta'ala anhuma that if the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam entered the time of fajr whilst in the state of sexual impurity from having had relations with his wife, then he used to make ghusl and then fast. Shaykh ibn al-Uthaymin was asked, We live in a land in which the sun does not set until 9.30 p.m. or 10 p.m. So when should we break our fast? The shaykh responded, Break your fast when the sun has set. So long as you have a clearly defined night and day within the 24-hour period, it is obligatory that you fast even if the day is long. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatah was asked, Whilst in flight, what is the time for breaking the fast in Ramadan? The committee responded, If someone boards an aircraft during the day in Ramadan, and he is fasting, and he wishes to continue his fast until sunset, then it is not permissible for him to break his fast until the sun has set according to where the aircraft is in the sky. Sheikh Ibn Jibreen was asked, I fasted a day, but I had forgotten during the morning and had eaten. Then I continued with my fast. Is there any sin upon me? The Shaykh responded, One who forgetfully eats or drinks while fasting should complete his fast, for certainly it was Allah who provided this food and drink for him, as has been mentioned in the Hadith. And Allah has forgiven the mistake and forgetfulness and does not take anyone to account until they have done an act intentionally. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatah was asked, In Ramadan last year, my husband returned home from work, and when he entered the house, he asked me to bring him a glass of water to drink, so I didn't remind him that he was fasting. I looked at him to confirm if he was fasting or not, and it became clear that he had forgotten that he was fasting. So I proceeded to bring him the glass of water to drink. When he had drunk the water, he remembered that he was fasting and admonished me for not reminding him. I then felt a fear of Allah about this action of mine. Please advise me and may Allah reward you. The permanent committee responded, You have committed a sin bringing your husband who was fasting a glass of water to drink. It was befitting for you to remind him about the fast when he asked you for water. As for your husband's fast that day, then it remains valid providing that he drank the water out of forgetfulness. Sheikh Ibn Jibreen was asked, If I see a man eating during the day in Ramadan and I know he is eating out of forgetfulness, do I remind him or not? Some people say, don't remind him because Allah is the one who has provided this food and drink for him. The Shaykh responded, It is obligatory upon you to remind him because this is from commanding the good and forbidding the evil. If you saw him eating, then it would be obligatory upon you to command him to refrain from that as this is from commanding the good. And you should forbid him from eating, as this is from forbidding the evil. 
Also, stopping him from eating prevents other onlookers from thinking that he is being neglectful of the rulings of the Sharia and it removes suspicion generated through his forgetfulness. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, What is the ruling of the fast of a young child who has not yet reached puberty? The Shaykh responded, As we have mentioned before, the fasting of a young child who has not yet reached the age of puberty, it is not obligatory upon him to fast. However, it is upon the one who is in charge of his affairs to command him to fast and thereby prepare him for fasting in the future when it does become obligatory upon him. Furthermore, the fast of such a young child is regarded as a sunnah. He is rewarded for fasting, however there is no sin upon him should he stop. Shaykh Ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, For which type of journey is not having to fast permissible? The Shaykh responded, It is permissible to shorten the prayer and break the fast for a journey that is approximately 83 kilometers. Some scholars did not specify any particular distance for the journey, saying that whatever is commonly understood as traveling amongst the people constitutes a journey. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to shorten the prayer if he traveled three farasikh, which is equal to nine miles. However, it is not permissible to shorten the prayer or break the fast for any haram or prohibited travel because it is not appropriate for anyone traveling for the purpose of any evil acts to take advantage of the rukhsa or the license that has been given to travelers as regards shortening the prayer or breaking the fast. Wallahu a'lam. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatahs asked, When I was both 14 and 15 years old, I used to masturbate during the day in the blessed month of Ramadan for a number of days. I don't know exactly how many. I was ignorant about this being haram in Ramadan and other than it. And I used to be ignorant as to this being known as masturbation. So I used to make ablution and pray without making the ritual purification, i.e. the ghusl. What is the ruling regarding my prayers and fasts? Is it obligatory for me to repeat the prayer and fast, knowing that I do not know how many days to do this? What is obligatory for me? The permanent committee responded, Firstly, it is impermissible or haram to masturbate, i.e. using one's hand in such a manner as to satisfy one's desire, resulting in ejaculation of sperm, or for sisters, as in this case, any discharge. And doing so during the month of Ramadan is even more haram. Secondly, it is obligatory upon you to make up the days which you broke your fast due to masturbating, because this action does nullify the fast. Also, try your best to calculate exactly how many days it was that you broke your fast. If you delay making up this fast until the arrival of the next Ramadan, then it is obligatory for you to make expiation by feeding a needy person half a sa of barley or any other food that is the accepted norm in the land. Fourthly, it is obligatory to perform a ghusl or a full bath if you masturbated as you have stated, and it is not sufficient to make ablution if any discharge came out. Fifthly, it is obligatory to make up the prayers which you prayed without performing ghusl, because the minor purification does not suffice in place of the major purification. Sheikh Ibn Baz was asked, Is it permissible for the traveler to have sexual intercourse with his wife during the day of Ramadan? The Sheikh responded, In the name of Allah, and all praises for Allah, 
if he were a traveler or suffering from an illness that is severe enough to permit him to break his fast, then there is no expiation required of him, nor is there any problem for him. All he has to do is make up the day for which he had sexual intercourse with his wife. That is because the traveler and the one who is ill are both permitted to break the fast, engage in sexual intercourse, and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Qur'an, fasting for a fixed number of days. But if any of you is ill or on a journey, the same number of days should be made up from other days. And as for those of you who can fast with difficulty, they have a choice either to fast or feed a poor person for every day. But whoever does good of his own accord, it is better for him and that you fast. It is better for you if only you knew. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 184. The ruling for the woman in this regard is the same as the ruling for men. So if she were traveling or suffering from an illness which made it difficult for her to fast, there would be no expiation for her to carry out. Sheikh Ibn Fawzan was asked, If one who is fasting has a wet dream during the day in Ramadan, does this nullify his fast or not? And should he perform the ritual purification, i.e. the ghusl? The Sheikh responded, If one who is fasting has had a wet dream during the day in Ramadan, then his fast is valid, and it is not affected by the wet dream because he has not done so intentionally. However, it is obligatory for him to perform the ghusl, or to take a full bath in order to perform the prayer. And to be prompt in performing the ritual pur- purification of ghusl is better. However, it is not obligatory. Wallahu a'lam. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, In one of the days in Ramadan, whilst fasting, I went to sleep and had a wet dream. What is the ruling regarding this, and do I have to make an expiation? The Permanent Committee responded, Anyone who has a wet dream while fasting or in a state of ihram for hajj or umrah has no sin upon him nor any expiation and this act will have no negative effect on his fast, hajj or umrah. However, he must take a ghusl or a full bath in order to remove the major impurity if he has ejaculated any sperm as a result. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatah was asked, if a Muslim's desire is aroused during the day in Ramadan and he finds no recourse but to masturbate, does this nullify his fast and does he have to make up for this day and make any expiation for this act? The permanent committee responded, Masturbating in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan is haram or prohibited. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, and those who guard their chastity or their private parts from illegal sexual acts except with their wives, and the women slaves and captives whom their right hands possess, for them they are not to be blamed. But whosoever seeks beyond that, then it is those who are trespassers. Suratul Ma'arij, verses 29 through 31. Therefore anyone who masturbates while fasting must make repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he also must make up the fast for that particular day. However, there is no expiation for him because the expiation is specific only to the one who commits sexual intercourse while fasting. And with Allah is all success, and may Allah send prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad and his family and all of his companions. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatah was asked, 
in the month of Ramadan some years ago, I had an appointment at the hospital. The doctor treating me asked me to produce some semen and told me this was imperative, that I have to do this, at which I felt inconvenienced and coerced, such that I gave him some semen for the sake of the test. This was during the day in Ramadan. I produced the semen by masturbating, knowing that I had no other opportunity to return to the hospital, and that particular day was the one that the hospital had given me for the appointment. Also, this was for an analysis for my wife and I. O noble Sheikh, I require you to give me a fatwa for this, and is there any expiation other than making up the nullified fast of that day, because I had sound knowledge of what I was doing? The permanent committee responded, If the situation is as you have mentioned, then it is obligatory for you to make up the fast for that day you masturbated, and there is no expiation upon you. Sheikh Ibn al uthaymin was asked, A man suffering from an uncontrollable flow of urine wanted to dry his penis, and as a result, excreted semen, and this was during the day in Ramadan. The Sheikh responded, If he ejaculated because of an intentional action, meaning that he tried to wipe the urine from his penis, and then he became aroused and ejaculated, then his fast is nullified. This is because intentionally ejaculating as a result of your own actions while fasting breaks the fast. However, if this was done unintentionally, then the fast is valid and the fast does not have to be made up. The Permanent Committee for Islamic Research and Fatawas asked, My complaint is that I excrete semen during the days of Ramadan without having a wet dream or masturbating. So does this affect my fast? Please advise me and may Allah reward you. The Permanent Committee responded, If the situation is as you have mentioned, then the excreting of semen from yourself without desire during the day in Ramadan does not affect your fast and you do not have to make up that fast. Shaykh ibn al-Uthaymeen was asked, Is it permissible for one who is fasting to kiss his wife and play with her on the bed during the days of Ramadan? The Shaykh responded, Yes, it is permissible for one who is fasting to kiss his wife and play with her during the day in Ramadan. However, if he ejaculates, then his fast is nullified. Furthermore, if this occurs during the day in Ramadan, it is obligatory for him to continue to abstain from all of the things that nullify the fast after the mistake and for the rest of the day. And it is obligatory for him to make up the fast for that day. However, if he was kissing and playing with his wife outside of the month of Ramadan and he ejaculated, then his fast is nullified, but it is not obligatory for him to continue to refrain from all of the things that nullify the fast. However, if he was making up an obligatory fast outside of the month of Ramadan, then he must make up the fast for that day. But if the fast was nafila or supererogatory, then he doesn't have to make up the day.